Welcome, everyone. If you're joining us for the first time, you should know that we are in the middle of a series about COVID. There's a lot to talk about, so we'll be parked here for a little while. In today's episode, we focus on the response that we've had as a nation and as a church toward those in authority over us during COVID. Now, during COVID and in the aftermath of the 2020 election, a very large portion of the nation has been seething with anger. So we talk about it. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Lucas Weeks, and the conversation today is with Max Carell and Tim Bailey. This is the Out of Our Minds podcast. And what about us as pastors and elders when people in the church are are just gnashing their teeth and rabble-rousing among the people of the church? We call it schism. But when people come to us and are respectful and tell us we're wrong, I mean, we're, we're predisposed to agree with them that we're wrong because we're so odd that in America, among conservative reform people, there's anybody that still has some minimal microscopic respect for authority. People on the other side of this discussion, though, would say, I mean, if you think that's the way that the civil government is going to respond to you, they're going to say, oh, thank you for speaking respectfully to us. Listen, I've been watching, and I know that everybody's going to hate me for saying this. That's fine. I watched Joe Biden's speech last Sunday, Mm -hmm. and I sat there watching it and thinking, okay, let's say I was in his position, Mm -hmm. and it angered me the degree to which Christians are so cynical that they deny that any man can do something for a good reason who's a Democrat. Mm. Is Joe Biden my hero? No. No. Did I vote for Joe Biden? No. No, never, but he's, never. But he's the president <laughs> of the United States, yeah, yeah. and God can still turn Joe Biden's heart to do something that will be of some benefit to somebody. Yeah, he did somewhere. it with Chuck Colson. And so there you go. Yeah. There's there's God using Joe Biden. God's ways are not our ways. And if our conservative politics gets to be what I would say wooden, hackneyed, predictable, stupid, where we're just cynical about anybody that's a liberal and we're no enemy to the right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never how God works in my heart. Mm. I can't tell you how many people who have been liberal have demonstrated to me godliness in areas and perception of truth in areas mm. that I just never see among conservative rabble-rouser Christian reform people. Mm. And so I want us to not be so cynical Mm-hmm. So cynical about this world we live in. There's much common grace yet. COVID comes along and it presents us with something. So if you're a Fox News guy and a story comes along, it presents you with something. And it presents you with the opportunity to build, build your brand, to gather more people, to and listen that, to your yes, show. Absolutely. And so along comes COVID and it's this international reality. And with with the social media that we have available to us now, we have this wonderful opportunity to suddenly jump up and 
just go completely like a Fox News guy. Now I'm not. I don't know all Fox News people, and I've been ragging on Fox News today. But to to jump up and like a, a Fox News guy trying to build their brand, we're going to find every way, every way, every way, rather than looking at it and trying to. That's just why I think they just absolutely ignore the judgment of God in it. They ignore the fear of the Lord in it. I just have said over and over again to people, this is such a wonderful opportunity to talk to people about Jesus Christ because suddenly they've been made aware that they're going to die. And we don't ever talk to them about dying. I wrote wrote my fellow baby boomers at the beginning of the thing. And I could see baby boomers scared out of their wits about COVID. It was so obvious. And I sent it to all these famous friends of mine. It got no purchase with anyone. And the article was simply a gospel message to baby boomers. And nobody was interested in it. Why? Well, because it didn't make any political points. Mm. It talked about God. And, you know, let's say that some of this rabble-rousing surrounding COVID by conservative Christians is successful. And there's a pushback against overreach. There's a growth of freedom of expression that, let's say the social media all of a sudden realizes that they, it's no help, I think. And the reason is Christians don't have anything to say to the world. Mm. Nothing. And how do I know that? Well, because they don't have anything to say from the pulpit to their people. (laughs) They're not saying, yeah. All they do in their pulpits is yell at the world. Well, it makes me think of the fact that I, I believe now it's actually allowed in many more circles to be opposed to feminism than it used to be. It's not now, even in mainstream media, if you're opposed to feminism, you're not that weird. Maybe on NBC you are, but you're not that weird. But then where my mind immediately goes is, but Jesus Christ is completely absent still. Yes. Feminism and homosexuality, all the LGB, it's been obvious to us from the beginning. They <clears throat> are self-limiting. You know, there, there, there is yes, it's a, a sort of, shall we say, natural and There's a su- sustainability problem. <laughs> They're not sustainable, you know? And I mean, yeah. we've known that for quite a while. Yeah. But even if you're allowed to be opposed to feminism, mm-hmm. for what purpose? For right. Right. the chest-thumping virile Roman emperor, uh, ancient world, you know, Donald Trump? Right. Where he's got a bimbo on his arm? I mean, is that really a victory? Right, no. Christian faith has truth. Mm -hmm. God's ways are not the Republican Party ways. And I am not saying don't protest, don't rem- don't don't write remonstrances to your civil authorities. I'm not saying don't don't go get arrested. I'm not saying I'm for all those things if I can see that they come from men and women who are under preaching to the conscience, and that when they take their positions, they don't take them because they've been rabble-roused, but they take them because they're heartbroken. They're now, I know that sounds hackneyed to say they're heartbroken. It sounds like yeah. I've turned into John Piper, right? <laughs> but uh, that they love the world, mm. that they love the liberals. 
They, they actually love them and that they can say to the liberal, now I know I you think you're helping me by telling me I can't sing in worship, but may I, please can I explain to you why I have to sing in worship? Mm. My heart is filled with love for God. It's mm. filled with joy of my salvation. Mm. And, and put yourself in my position. If you got a really honking good ounce of dope, you know, would you really not want to tell people how great your ounce of dope was? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's uh, like, yeah. Well, no, seriously. Okay. I mean, everybody yeah. has their God that they celebrate. <laughs> yes, you know, that's dopers. True. Yeah, they like the good. They the like good. the good stuff. You know. <laughs> uh, okay, now, but th there is another reason I think that you have opposed that we have opposed the belligerating. That has not yet come up. And that comes back to the issue of authority. Authority. Because there is a real cost to the belligerating um, and to the frenzy against our public health authorities, our civil authorities, and even our church authorities. I mean, all they've all been fair game for taking shots at in COVID. And so, Max, what would you say the cost has been there? Well, if people don't think about it consciously, they certainly think about it unconsciously. If you see, if you see an authority that's uh, re re reviled against or rebelled against, and you witness it, and the people that are in authority over you are the ones who are reviling against that authority, their authority has depreciated in front of you. Because what they have said is, authority doesn't count for them and so you I, I, know we be the, the the student isn't greater than his master if authority doesn't count for the master then the authority doesn't count for me okay so in other words what you're saying is that what's good for the goose is good for the gander yes but it's awful because the people watching it are are in all kinds of places of subordination our children our wives are are uh, the people in our church that we're trying to lead the sheep of the of the church that we're trying to lead all kinds of places that and and the and our neighbors and the other citizens around us and the people that we work with they're all looking at us and they're you know you think about all the places that talk about authority in the scripture and all the aspects of authority and that that they that slaves would be instructed to obey do their, their work Mm -hmm. and obey their masters and not just do it half-heartedly but actually do it as if they were doing it for christ mm. right yeah and then you think about what uh what that means and how we would think about it, how we would compare it today how are you going to preach that text how are you going to deal with the text on submitting to authorities in the scriptures you know i was reading recently i went to three passages in calvin's commentaries on on uh passages on authority and I, as I read them, I was just surprised because what I thought is, wow, he's just, he, you could just substitute the Jews for American Republicans here, and, and you'd see it. Because he kept talking over and over again, and each of those passages, when he brings up the submission to authorities, he talks about how unrulable the Jews were. Hmm. And how just horrible, that nobody wanted to deal with them because they were just completely unable to be ruled. And they wanted Jesus to belligerate. Yes, yes, yes. And he didn't, of course, didn't do it. You know, if you, if you study Reformation history, what you see is incredible 
animosity between the mainstream reformers and magisterial reformers and the Anabaptists. Okay. And so, so a placeholder for me has always been Thomas Munzer, who led what was called, what is called in historical studies, the pitchfork re- revolution. Mm. Okay. okay. And people today, so we have Baptists and Presbyterians, we have Credo and Pado. Um, in leadership in our church as pastors and as elders. And people will often say to us, we're not really Reformed because we accept Baptists. And, you know, if I, I don't care much to argue with them about it. I just think that the fruit is obvious, and I'm not going to say anything more than that. The fruit, I'm Pado, and mm-hmm. I think usually people end up becoming Pado. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's been our experience here. And there are two Pado and one Credo at this table, and I'm saying that in front of a Credo, and I think you'd agree that generally the movement is in the right direction, although you think it's the wrong direction, you know. But here's here's the deal. They'll say to me, oh, but have you ever read what Calvin and Luther have to say about the Anabaptists, you know? And Anabaptists is those who believe in baptizing again, rebaptizing somebody that was baptized as an infant. Mm. And I say, have you ever read any history? Do you know the context for that battle? The context was that once they threw off the the oppressive chains of Rome, mm-hmm. they were ready to throw off every authority, mm-hmm. every single one. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Calvin and Luther looked around and they thought, yikes, we better tame John Knox down a little bit, you know, because this whole world is about to go up in a conflagration, Mm. you know? And so you watch Luther and Calvin as they fight for the reform of the church. And it's very clear that they respect the civil authorities as they carry out their fight. Mm. And so you can't argue that Rome wasn't a civil authority at that time, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. The Holy Roman Emperor, you know, (laughs) at the time. But there's no question that Calvin stood against civil authorities. When he sent pastors back into France, Mm -hmm. okay? There's no question that Luther stood against both the civil and ecclesiastical authorities who were intermingled, commingled. When he said, he was there at the Diet of Worms, here I stand, I can do no other, God help me. He is answering the civil authority with respect when he says that. Mm-hmm. And so, when I look at what's going on today, I think that the agitators actually are Anabaptists. They're Thomas Munzer with his pitchfork rebellion. Mm. They have no respect for any authority but their own. And by their own, I don't mean their pastor. Mm. I mean each father, every father, every mother, and every individual. What it really is is not a constitutional. Uh, thing. It's not a democracy, a representative. Dem- it's not a republic. What it really is, is volunteerism. Joseph, Joseph, my son. I mean, he's made that so clear to me. Mm. None of these guys believe in any authority except an authority that they agree with. And they define proper authority as authority they d- agree with because they define themselves as the authority in the United States of America. Okay, they make the judgments about what law is or isn't oppressive, what law is or isn't constitutional. They make, they mm-hmm. are themselves. And so what we have among all the agitators right now is each man doing that which is right in his own eyes. Well, and I guarantee you that the churches they've moved to 
as they're furious over COVID, are going to be churches that find it impossible to rebuke, to censure, to discipline, to teach. Hmm. Calvin said one man in a hundred is teachable when he was preaching. I say that would be a highly optimistic view of any church made up of these agitators today. Hmm. It wouldn't even be one in a hundred that's teachable. Hmm. The minute you go against anything that they and their eminence have decided, they're done with you. Okay, so uh, what we've observed is that the cost of the agitation against COVID and against our leaders in this country is a further tearing down of any kind of authority, any concept of authority. And so now- There are a bunch of people angry about Trump. Mm -hmm. They're angry about social media censoring their Goliath, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. They think the election was stolen. They think COVID is nothing. They think that vaccines are an encroachment or a an oppression of mm -hmm. medical authorities and public health authorities against them. It's and the road to forced abortions. It, well, yeah, I mean, you can add, throw in a whole ton of things mm -hmm. to this, okay? Mm -hmm. yep. And so they are moving to be under leaders who are concerned about the things they're concerned about. And they will not tolerate for one moment anybody who does not agree with what they decide to do. And so it's what I said a long time ago, no enemy to the right, no enemy to the right, and anybody even slightly to the left. And by left, I mean anybody who's even prepared to think that maybe COVID exists. I mean, this morning we're in our pastor's meeting and what happens? A dear friend comes in the meeting and he asks, and we pray for a dear friend of his who with his wife and whole family have gotten COVID, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're both in the hospital and he's been on a ventilator. He leaves our room, he goes into the hall, his phone rings, or no, I guess it rang while he was in with us. Mm -hmm. He goes out in the hall, the friend just died here at Bloomington in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I shouldn't tell that story because it'll make the agitators agitated, mm -hmm. you know, because they'll think all of a sudden, I believe everything the government tells us and I think that we should have you know, two-month-old infants wearing masks, and it's just ridiculous, no. And so what has happened is pastors, 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 pastors mm. have been the main spokesman articulating the fury of the masses, hmm. okay? And we're generally good at articulating what our people want. That's referred to as scratching ears where they itch. Yep. That's how we get paid, yep. okay? And so they have spoken against the civil authority. They have presented the rationales. They've called for the demonstrations. They've written these documents. And guess what? The people despise their leaders even more. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a hint of growth in respect for church authorities because the church authorities have said what the rabble wants them to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, doesn't the rabble know that they just said what they wanted and they're really being flattered? Yeah. Are they so stupid that they think they have a principled man when he says absolutely what they want him to say? Yeah. You know? And so what we have is a further decline of authority in the church, a further decline of respect for authority of the church mm -hmm. and of the state, of all mediating institutions. We have a decline in authority for the police. And they would say, oh, but we think that's wrong. 
Well, why do you think it's wrong? Do you think it's wrong because you're really concerned about authority? Or do you think it's wrong because you really don't like racists calling you a racist? Well, they mm. actually don't think it's wrong. Really? Oh, no. yeah, that's right. I, yeah, no, somebody I was telling me that. Specific places where they're actually against the police for any kind of involvement with the process of government, COVID, and whatever. You know, it makes me think <sighs> about... It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, you think about men... Uh, doing their job and the difficulty that they have. I remember at the Terry Schiavo thing in Florida, remember the police that were there and as they had to defend and listen to people, they were wonderful talking to them. And, you know, it was like they were in between a rock and a hard place. And their sympathy was all with the demonstrators. Yeah. 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 So I was talking with them and some others about whether or not I should be arrested. And it was concluded that would be okay for me to be arrested. And so I then went and crossed the the line, which was the barrier of after this point you're trespassing to try to take food and water to her. Nobody had food and water for the most part. They was all symbolic because you were you weren't going to get past the tasers and the German shepherds Mm -hmm. to get in there anyway. And so as the policeman came up to me and restrained me, then they held me there while a lady came out to, they had this long process of, okay, uh, are you going to leave or not? And if you say no, they arrest you. And so, um, so she came out, she was nasty. And, and I said, no, I wasn't going to leave. And so they arrested me. But as I was there, I was just leaning I'm not a person that's going to start a fight. I wasn't going to do a mad rush for the door, but the police didn't know that. And one of them who I'd been talking to for, I don't know, a couple of days, maybe as, as we're sitting there and I'm just kind of leaning in, he just kind of looks at me and whispers, don't push, don't push. And what he's doing is he's signaling to me the best way to go through this process. And he didn't want to meet, get me to get hurt, but he knew that, he knew that what I was doing was something I ought to be able to do. And so then they, then they uh, proceeded to arrest me and put me in the van. Well, they put me in zip tie cuffs. You guys know zip tie cuffs and you know how zip ties are often used for, for cuffing people that are arrested. They put me in zip tie cuffs, but they were so uh, loosey goosey about it. I was sitting in this van in Florida and the sun is just beating down, right? Mm. And the van is hot. <laughs> I bet. And my face <laughs> is sweating, dripping sweat, right? And they had made the cuffs so loose that I could slip my hands right <laughs> out of them. So I, but you know, being a Christian who had just been arrested, <laughs> you wanted to- just been arrested for the first time and believing that I should obey the law, <laughs> I didn't want to add insult to to. <laughs> To what? <laughs> to felony or whatever. <laughs> Insult to uh, misdemeanor. And now so this is funny. And so <laughs> I thought, I've got to wipe my face and my hand is loose. I can just pull it out. <laughs> so I pulled it out. So I pulled it out. I wiped my face and I stuck it back in my, <laughs> of course my handcuffs. And, and see, the reality is you see something in there, though, that's interesting because <sighs> you see the sympathies of the police. I think they could have tightened those cuffs down. 
and just made that time in the van miserable until I got to the station. There could have they could have done any number of things to make that process miserable, but they were very very concerned through the whole thing to to speak to Tim's point about the fact that they had sympathies for the people that were there. They felt they felt in a hard place. And so did they did you submit to their authority? Yeah. No, sense, you didn't. Well, not in the sense of getting arrested. But, how, how do you call I could have civil probably, disobedience submission? I wasn't submitting to their authority in the civil disobedience. But you were, weren't you? <laughs> yes, in a sense. Now, Are see, you trying to trap no, me here? No, 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 no. But wait, I was, wait, wait. I, I was respecting their authority even at the that's point what of I wanted civil to ask disobedience. Next. The, the people watching, and there were thousands of people there, the people watching, did they end up having more disrespect and cynicism towards authority as a result of your arrest. No. Why? Because I didn't I didn't even put myself in the place to make the police look like. And so listen, Lucas, that's my point about the Revolutionary War. Mm. That's my point. My point is it was principled. If you've ever read the the letters between the Adams, you know, John and Abigail, mm. if you've ever read Witherspoon's sermon. Those men and women cultivated respect for authority as they led the revolution. Hmm. They cultivated respect for authority. It bears no resemblance to the anger and fury and shouting and well, mockery and mockery and, mockery and yeah. everything that's going on in the conservative reform world today. And it's not that the conservative reform world has a better understanding of the failure of government today than we do. Oh my goodness. Can I please take people back to my dad? I yeah. grew up with him writing what he was writing. No, it's not that we are stupid it's not that we're timid. It's not that we're fearful. It's not that we have one message, which is submit to authority. Mm -hmm. No, we have a history here on many levels of going against authority. Mm -hmm. But we do it not with the goal of aligning ourselves with a particular political position, political party, thinking that this is where the real action is. And what we do in public comes out of how we live as the people of God in church. I want, mm -hmm. Okay, do you, do you understand that? And so in our church is our most intense judgments, repentances, uh, teachings, preachings, it's not down at the courthouse mm -hmm. that flows. You know, when I came to Bloomington 30 years ago, I was down with my children in front of the abortuary and I had to go to, I had a court case because of that, mm -hmm. you know, 30 years mm -hmm. ago. If people are belligerent mm -hmm. all the time, mm -hmm. if people say, no, they're not the authority I am, ah, and it's just all you hear from them. Mm -hmm. If you don't see in their church difficult cases where the pastor fences the table, where the pastor and the elders censure people from the pulpit who have been guilty of public sins, where you see preaching to the conscience, where you see preaching not with brilliance, but with authority. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to believe them when they tell us, oh, we respect authority. It's because we respect authority that we're fighting against authority. Mm. I mean, come on. 
We're not stupid. We see what we see. We know what we see. We understand what we see. When they watch belligerating today against mm -hmm. COVID, yep. we know what we're looking at, okay? It's Thomas Munzer and his pitchfork Anabaptists. That's what it is. And it's completely opposite from Calvin and Luther. And when we watch Max go in front of Terry Schiavo's nursing home, Mm -hmm. and get arrested, we know that the moral of the story is that he's getting arrested because of how much respect he has for authority. And he is appealing in a way that puts his own convenience in life on the line to say no to an authority who is starving a woman to death by order of law. Mm -hmm. And nobody has any diminished respect for authority because of his conscientious opposition to them. This, of course, is going to sound very high-handed, but I, I just think, again, of Christ's uh, response to authority at his death. I mean, it's really striking how similar the situation is that you have a whole nation who is eager to belligerate and is willing to take up whatever arms they have. And, of course, you have the example of Peter taking up arms and Christ specifically rebuking him for it. And so, yeah, it's amazing. Pilate says to Jesus, don't you know? Don't you know I have? Mm. <laughs> and then Jesus says, well, you, you don't you, have everything you, you have. Everything you have has been what? given to you. Uh -huh. And But Pilate was the last one, or maybe the only one. He's the only one that God gave authority to. Right, right. You understand? <laughs> yeah. And so everybody else doesn't count. And Pilate was the right government authority to submit to. This is the point that Calvin makes in those passages I was looking at. He says, look, they were haters of Christ, and the, the epistles were written for the people to submit to them. They were obvious haters of Christ, mm -hmm. and they were told to submit to them. Mm -hmm. And he says, this is what we should be doing. You know, when you look at First Peter, he says, and he opened not his mouth. Mm -hmm. As a sheep before the shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Mm -hmm. And you think, what, was Jesus just a submission dude? Did Jesus not know the violations of the civil compact carried out by the Sanhedrin and by Pilate and by Herod? You know, have you ever read the, the lawyer's take on the trial and the crucifixion? I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, no, but not. every single law was violated. Hmm. The whole thing from beginning to end was unlawful hmm. by man's law. Hmm. And so Jesus opened not his mouth. He must have been a quietist. He must have been one of these piety idiots. He must have been submission, submission, submission. And so what people would say when they hear me say this is they'd say, well, that's unfair because that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I say, oh, okay. So in other words, the real action then was the substitutionary atonement, but the real action now is COVID and masks. And, and especially because I'm just a pastor. Uh -huh. I'm, missing, I'm missing the hour of opportunity. This is Kairos, you know? Mm -hmm. Now's the time. This is the day. Today, if you see them coming at you with a vaccination, do not <laughs> give in. Yeah. Do not shut up. There is a lot more to say on this topic. And like I said at the top, we plan to be talking about this for some time. So stick with us. If you have a thought or a comment or if something rubbed you the wrong way, we would love to know about it. Head on over to warhornmedia.com and leave us a comment. 
Thanks for listening. My name is Lucas Weeks, and the conversation today was with Tim Bailey and Max Corral. We serve as pastors at Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. For more great content, please visit warhornmedia.com. To support this podcast, you can donate at patreon.com slash outofourminds. Bye for now.